As you all know by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. One, download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code JUSTBASEBALL. Two, deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. Three, you will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if your bet loses. Just make sure you use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL when you sign up. Disclaimer, BetMGM.com for terms and conditions and must be 21 or older to wager. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-327-369. 5050 in Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, and 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and get your $1,500 first bet offer today. Just Baseball Show of the Week comes on Wednesday, November 15th. Peter fresh off a nap. I'm off a shorter nap than Peter, but you had a crazy nap. Before you do the MGM thing, tell me about your nap and we'll tell you why he needed a nap. Yeah, um, I woke up from a nap to some of the worst news. You know, people are saying in the history of the world, you know, this goes beyond baseball, goes beyond sports. And we'll talk about it, but I am not a napper. Like I've never really been able to fall asleep during the day. We have such a whirlwind of a weekend, an incredible weekend, just a lack of sleep. I lost tap roulette, so I was on the pullout couch. Yep. Not entirely comfortable. And I don't know if uh, if people have experienced this as heavy nappers, but you know when you wake up and you get the marks on the side of your cheek and it feels like you have teleported you have time traveled that's where i am right now and i'm only 30 minutes from that nap so don't take anything i'm saying seriously unless it's on the most important issue of this podcast we're gonna get to that issue in a moment but before all that the just baseball show is brought to you by whom Bet MGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up and deposit into your newly created account using promo code JustBaseball. Download the Bet MGM Sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if it loses. If the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Must be 21 or older. And terms and conditions apply. Before the news, um, I took a nap. You took a nap because we were exhausted from an excellent Excellent 36-hour stretch. Uh, you guys flew into Louisville on 
Sunday afternoon, late morning, early afternoon, I picked you guys up from Louisville and then we drove to Lexington for the Bueller Family Foundation uh, fourth annual golf event, which was awesome. Walker Bueller and his wife, Mackenzie, who are expecting uh, their first kid in January, put on an amazing, amazing event. Uh, started with a bourbon tasting in Lexington in the heart of the bourbon trail uh, on Sunday night was followed by dinner and a live auction, which was fantastic. They auctioned off uh, a couple barrels of bourbon barrels supply, like 230 something um, bottles. So that was amazing. And then in the morning got up uh, and you guys kind of kicked tail on the golf course, but it was great. It was a who's who. Um, and we'll give like a, you know, a full encapsulating video with interviews on our YouTube. I think later this week, Will Cohen's chefing up a masterpiece, but um, it was, I mean, Corey Seager was there off a of world series MVP and presenting single of the year to Luke Combs at the country music awards. Um, you had Didi Gregorius there. You had Sonny Gray there. You had Mike Yastrzemski. We had a great conversation with JP Fireisen and his girlfriend who were there for the Fireisen foundation. Um, it was an awesome event. We got lucky because we got merched out too. the two video guys, me and Will Cohen. So I got my Bruce Bolt hat right here. But you guys um, were golfing with our guy Jim DeMaio from Red Vanley, who supplies amazing hoodies and pants, a lot of golf wear. Uh, you're wearing it right now. Good on you. And then Randall Smalley at D. Hudson, uh, which provides some kicked ass hats as well. How did you golf, man? Was it great? Yeah, it was pretty shitty off the uh, tee. Um Quick story. I'm the biggest moron on planet Earth. Uh, You're telling yeah, it. I'm stunned. Now, you know, when you're an idiot like me, you stand in front of the idiocy and you got to learn because how are we going to get better? Oh right. My God. Yeah. So we fly to Louisville. Right. And we're at a golf tournament. So, of course, I'm going to bring my clubs um, and I'm very excited for the tournament. And I'm going to tell you why I was so excited more than just it's a golf tournament with Walker Bueller. You're going to be excited. So I bring my clubs, I check them, I get the travel bag, uh, we touch down in Louisville, and, and we take about an hour and 10 minute drive uh, to a bar to hang out with our guy Clay, writer for JustBaseball.com, watch some football, and then head over to the bourbon tasting. And about an hour into lunch, so we're about two and a half hours post-landing in Louisville, Arm goes, hey Peter, where are your clubs? My mouth drops. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners of the Just Baseball Show, please don't think less of me. I completely forgot them at the airport. Didn't think even so think about much, it, too. I think so much less of Peter for that move. I was like, I can't believe that. Because golf and clubs, the, it's one of those things. If you leave golf clubs at the airport, I mean, I'm a panicker. I'm the guy that like will leave his apartment when I leave for a week. And then I you know, get to the parking garage. I grab my car and I'm like, shit, did I lock my apartment? So I, I run back up the stairs to make sure I locked my apartment door. That's my kind of thing. So I am like over the top. I would never do it, but man, golf clubs at the airport is, is unique. And, uh, I, oh, I'm no, proud no. of you for owning up to it. No, no, it's cool to see and hear that you would never do it. Uh, no, that's great. <laughs> um, yeah. And I wish I had an excuse people. I wish I said, oh, yeah, we had a couple drinks and, you know, I was a little bit tipsy and we went there and I forgot him. Nope. Dead sober, uh, dead sober and just uh, forgot. And what was more embarrassing was I called them and, you know, they. They were not very happy with me, the people at United, uh, they were 
you know, they, they didn't even say, oh, no worries. You know, you know what happens? They were like, oh, okay. Yeah, we got him here. Whenever you come back, you know, no, uh, Who's this jacket? no, no, no. Try to make me feel better about my mistake. Nope. And uh, left the clubs at the airport. Luckily went back, got them. They are safe. But yes, I had to check them twice. Didn't end up using them. So bringing it back to how I played rented clubs was not great off the tee. Irons, though, were on fire, on fire. I was a good putter as well. Felt like I contributed to the group. We did not win the tournament. Uh, the team who won the tournament, we played a shamble. Uh, for all you golf people out there, you know. Um, I think the winning team was like 14 under. I think we oh. finished like six or seven under. So we were we were good. We weren't that good, though, because, of course, they are professional athletes. And I set my fat ass on a podcast. But to be able to compete, you're going to see in the YouTube video, you know, Jack was making fun of me because I was calling it a tournament and it was more of a charity golf outing. But for me, it was my Super Bowl, a chance to compete, compare myself to professional athletes like a Corey Seager, like a Sonny Gray, like a so, Peter Apple, all in the same boat. A couple of my takeaways. Mikey Stremski, really good. Really um, good. Really Corey good. Corey Seager, no warm up before approaching the ball. He just sees the ball, approaches it and hits it. Makes yeah. sense with the first pitch approach that Seager's I mean, got going. He is a World Series MVP. You know, he doesn't need like ten minutes to set up a shot like I do. No, I, I don't <laughs> think he does. So those were uh, those were my two prevailing takeaways. And then Sonny Gray and Scott Casimir just kind of wanted to compete against each other, and they were in back to back groups. So fascinating. But yeah, uh, we've got a, a video that's going to be kind of all encompassing um, coming out later this week. So be sure to check that out. It was a hell of a time, and we're really. Lucky that we've had this relationship with Walker, and uh, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome moving forward, man. However, it may look. Um, Cal Quantrill got DFA'd. Yeah. Before we get into that, my overarching takeaway, um, and the reason I was so unbelievably excited, I want to get a little bit sappy for a second. Uh, I've told this story before. We told it to Walker on the podcast, um, but we started just baseball back in 2021. And about halfway through that season, we're in Colorado for the All-Star Game, just trying to make a name for ourselves, right? It's a couple of 23-year-olds fresh out of school, you know, just trying to make a company. And we're at the All-Star Game. We have a little bar event, and Walker Bueller walks into the bar. Um, was not there? For it was event. you, Aram, and Colby, right? Colby, Will Cohen was there. Um, a couple of my home friends, they came oh, to, nice. like, help us set up. They were just really fired up for us. And Walker Bueller walks into the bar. And... Clearly not for our event, but just a bar in Colorado. And at the time I say, that's Walker Bueller. We have to go and talk to him. And I go up to him and I say, Hey Walker, would you like to come on the just baseball show? My name is Peter. Told him all about it. And he was really nice, but he was like, it goes through my agent. Talk to the agent gives me the card. Nothing happens from it. And of course, nothing happens from it. We had a podcast for a grand total of about four months. Why in the world would he waste his time with us? Two years later, we're at his foundation golf tournament, hanging out with his agent, golfing. And it was a real come to realization moment that, you know, all of this and it's all because of the listeners of this show, yeah. right? We wouldn't be here without all of you guys. So just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for following us even in the off season, right? The world series is over. We screw around a lot. And I just want to send a genuine thank you to the listeners out there that we would not be here without you. And we were just over the moon. We're still, I mean, 25 years old, just trying to make a name for ourselves, talking baseball. Appreciate all of you out there. 
Okay, so you're making it really hard for me to transition to tearing you down. And I feel no, really bad. No, you know what? Let's fucking do it. Let's <laughs> do it, Jack. Do I, it. I feel really bad for Cal Quantrill, but he was designated for assignment. His 2023 was hampered by injuries and inconsistencies when he was, quote unquote, healthy. Who knows how healthy he was? It was just kind of a year from hell for Cal Quantrill after an excellent year where I think everybody said, oh, this guy has a horseshoe up as you know what in 2022. And we were so excited for him to prove that that wasn't the case. And he was just a pure winner in 23. But his body and the situation um, and, you know, and I know he would say this, his, you know, pitching success did not allow him to repeat 2022 in 23. He's got two more years of control. He's estimated at about $7 million, a little under $7 million in arbitration this coming year, and the Guardians DFA'd him. There is a chance that he is traded during this DFA period. He's certainly not going to clear. Like, I really don't see a world where that guy is a Columbus Clipper next year. He's a big leaguer. Um, somebody's going to offer something via trade. It, it's just a little bizarre to me considering – we don't know what the future holds for Shane Bieber. We don't know what the future holds for Tristan McKenzie. They needed to add Daniel Espino, who was once upon a time their top pitching prospect to the 40-man roster, and they did that, but he had shoulder surgery. Why wouldn't you keep the consistent guy? And I understand that he wasn't consistent in 23, but this was a, a he was real... Hurt. He was hurt. I know. It, it was a real head-scratcher for me to see that he was designated for assignment, assuming full health in 2024. To bring it all the way back, I woke up from a nap. <laughs> I've never been tagged in something more in the history of my Twitter. I had <laughs> over a hundred notifications in like 14 minutes tagging me at every publication that posted that Cal Quantrill has been de designated for assignment. Another quick summary for anybody coming in new, because we looked at the numbers. We have added a lot of listeners since the season ended. Welcome to it, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. If you're a new listener to the Just Baseball Show, yeah. you may not know the history of the greatest pitcher to ever touch a baseball. So let me rewind a little bit. Um, I'm a big college baseball guy. I started when Cal was pitching at Stanford. I watched him at Stanford and just had a liking for him. I thought he was a big leaguer, right? So I followed his career. Gets drafted one, to the Padres. He was a first-round pick. Yeah, exactly. Drafted the Padres, then traded to the Guardians in the Josh Naylor deal. Not Josh Naylor deal, but Josh Naylor ended up being a really good player. They head over to Cleveland. And I say to myself, I still think this guy's a good pitcher. As soon as he gets a chance in the rotation, I think he's going to take it by storm. He's not a guy who throws 99, right? He's a guy who just gets outs. A winner, as some may say. So... In that season, in 2022, I decided to bet on Cal Quantrill Moneyline, on the Cleveland Guardians, on bad MGM. And he rattled off one of the most consistent home winning streaks in the history of Major League Baseball. The man never lost. It was six innings, one run. Guardians would win two to one. If he gave up three, Guardians score four. He gave up seven, Guardians score eight. He throws a shutout, Guardians win by one. Didn't matter. Cal Quantrill, winner. Moneyline winner. And I became obsessed. He became my favorite pitcher that has ever been. We DM'd. He came on the Just Baseball show. He was a phenomenal interview. Super, super smart guy. And I said, wherever you go, 
I go. We get the news. Designated for assignment. Probably the worst decision in Major League history. One of the worst decisions in the history of humankind. Ever since we started playing with fire when we were cavemen, it is a top five horrible decision. The Guardians, you're lucky you have Tanner Bobby, my guy. Because if you didn't have Tanner Bobby, you'd be dead to me. You'd be dead to me because you made one of the worst decisions ever. There were. Now, there wherever Cal goes. Yeah. No, no, the, no. You're not going to find out worse decisions, maybe in, in the history, history of ever. Like, I don't know, man. What, name one worse. I, Ever. <laughs> a lot of them jumped into my mind have to do with world religion and politics, so I'm not going to do it. I think it's up there with those. <laughs> Let's be very clear. We're not eulogizing the career of Cal Quantrill. Somebody's going to pay He's, him $7 million this year. And and he will get signed, and they will win a World Series. I'm just saying that was a horrible decision, an absolutely so, terrible decision. Like, and, I guess- and people are asking. People are asking, hey, if he goes to this team, if he goes to this team, wherever he goes, I go. I've been a Guardians fan for the past two years. If he goes Red Sox, Astros, Braves, Dodgers, Yankees, doesn't matter. Oakland couldn't care less. Wherever he goes, I go. And that team will get a lot of propaganda, a lot of propaganda, because they're clearly smart to sign the greatest pitcher to ever touch a baseball. So I guess the question that uh, everybody that has followed your love affair with Cal Quantrill is wondering, will you continue to place your hard-earned money on Cal Quantrill money line every time out? We got to reconvene. We got to look at the numbers. Okay. Uh, Depends on the spot. Um, That was a historic year. And in 2023, I was not tailing Cal. It was more just now I'm a fan, right? I knew his arm wasn't 100%. But if I hear that he's 100% health, I'm back in. I just need to figure it out. We need to see how his body is doing. Because I can't tail an injured man. The magic ain't there. That's why I didn't. He was obviously hurt. And the Guardians, dumbasses, they knew that. But they still were like, you know what? Stupid. They don't know what they're doing. So, Real quick. Humongous shout out to Tanner Bybee, who finished second in AL Rookie of the Year voting, and he gets a full year of service for that. So, uh, big time credit to Tanner Bybee. That is a win for the player. That is a win for Tanner Bybee. Uh, and it's a win for pitchers. Bybee finished second behind Gunnar Henderson uh, and ahead of Tristan Costas of the Boston Red Sox. We're four for four. We had a clean sweep across the board every single vote that we had. It was Henderson and Carroll for Rookie of the Year. It was Hyde and Schumacher for Manager of the Year. They both won on Tuesday night. It was Snell and Cole for Cy Young, and it was Acuna and Otani for MVP. We'll see if we go eight for eight, but so far we're four for four. It it was boring. Both of them were unanimous, right? Gunner and um, yeah, Gunner and Carroll were both unanimous. I do love that we got Skip a Manager of the Year, and it just blows my mind even further that the woman that hired the National League Manager of the Year in year one and guided the them to a wild card berth is out of a job. And the Marlins are going to win. Maker? The Marlins are going to win like 69 games next year because like, I it just manager of the year award, a great hire brings in all the right pieces. Luis Arias becomes this incredible player. And I know Pablo Lopez is great for the twins, but what a trade for the Marlins. They needed to do it. 
Yeah, it makes no sense that Kimang is not a member. And I really want to give us a ton of credit, Jack, mm-hmm. for nailing these picks. But at the end of the day, like these were the picks. It was the easiest layup of all you know, time. You know what this is like? And correct me if I've got the name. I don't think I have the name wrong. Uh, Dwayne Casey won NBA Coach of the Year. And then they fired him, hired Nick Nurse, and the Raptors won the finals that year with Kawhi. But Dwayne Casey was literally the NBA coach of the year and got fired. Like, that's kind of how I view it. Obviously, Skip's not getting fired with manager of the year. Um, and there's probably a recent case that I'm I'm not remembering of somebody winning manager of the year and then not managing that team the next year. But if you hire the manager of the year in year one of their tenure, you probably shouldn't not be retained that's a double negative you probably should be retained as the lead decision maker for that organization but i rest my case two bad decisions kimang obviously terrible decision by the marlins uh but cal's you know respectfully on a different level of bad decisions but you know we move trade rumors real quick um we're going to start with juan soto then a little break and then a notable pitcher a lot of reports from a lot of different people saying that it's almost a sure thing that Juan Soto is not a San Diego Padre next year. So the question is, who? Uh, Aram, I drove Aram to Chicago um, to uh, hang out with his lovely girlfriend who also lives in Chicago, but we were kind of mocking the, the Soto trades. Yeah, I'm flexing on behalf of Aram. Um, but we were kind of mocking, like, what would be the break-your-brain Soto deal? And we decided three-teamer between the Yankees the Padres and the White Sox. Okay. Just Soto just, to just New garbage. York. Okay. Soto to New York. Cease to San Diego because they're looking for starting pitchers. And the White Sox would then receive Robbie Snelling, Oswald Peraza, and Will Warren. So the Yankees would in turn oh. be giving up Peraza and Warren for Juan Soto. The Padres would be giving up Snelling, and the White Sox would be giving up Cease. I love that trade. That's not even, I thought you were about to troll me. That is a phenomenal galaxy brain. That, I'm so upset that I wasn't there to galaxy brain that with you guys. You guys killed it. Damn it. I was, we had a good time. At least now I get to hear it now. We had a good time. Moving forward, how exciting. Like, I don't want to say that Soto to the Yankees is a done deal, but they're one of the few teams, if it was just going to be a straight trade, they're one of the few teams that has the prospect capital to do it. Um, and it makes a lot of sense. How exciting would an outfield trio of Soto in left, Dominguez in center when healthy, and Judge in right be for you? I'd be fully back in, unfortunately. <laughs> I'd be fully back in. Yankee fans, are you with me right now? Are you here in this outfield? Now, Dominguez, it's going to take a little bit from him to return from Tommy John's surgery. But we saw Bryce Harper return. And at the end of the day, Jason Dominguez is the Martian. So I'm hoping to see him back next year. But moving forward, you got Judge locked up for nine. You got Dominguez. The thing is with the Yankees, this doesn't seem to be the Yankees of old. Do they have the money to then re-sign a Juan Soto, which is going to be an enormous contract? Because for some reason, Juan Soto goes a bit underrated It's one of those stories where a guy sets records really, really early, isn't quite as prolific, but is still awesome. And people are looking for holes to poke in the greatness of Juan Soto. Juan Soto gets Ted William comparisons 
and maybe he won't be Ted Williams, but he is still one of the great hitters in Major League Baseball. And that short porch. Yeah. But we even were talking to Didi, right? Didi was like, you still got to hit it, right? (laughs) And he's talking about Fedway. It's a little bit shorter. No, but that would be a perfect player for the New York Yankees. But have you heard about the Cashman statements and then Giancarlo Stanton statements? Yeah, that doesn't no, make it's, think... it, it's tough to convince me that free agents are going to want to go. But the thing about trades, especially when you don't have a no trade clause, is, you know, you can go and you may not like the GM, but that's okay. Um That was a crazy statement. I do just want to build on like the fatigue of Juan Soto's excellence because Juan Soto is the perfect example of your old college roommate. They probably pissed you off. They were one of your best friends, but you noticed all the minor things that you couldn't stand in living with someone. And someone that had your back through thick and thin happened to leave their dishes in the sink for too long or left an article of clothing on the living room couch and it pissed you off. And then you started to diminish the level of friendship that you had with them. And then as soon as you don't live with them, it's like, Oh damn, like they're my best friend. I wish that we just kind of hung out and drank a few and watched. I think you should leave together more. That's exactly what the Soto thing is. Everybody's going to be knocking the defense until you realize that he's a career 410 OBP guy. And he's one of the greatest statistical hitters through their age 25 season, if not the greatest of literally all freaking time. So let's stop with the fatigue thing and just appreciate who the hell Juan Soto is with the stick because there's really nobody like him. In a market where there's no real great free agent hitters, um, But just to quickly mention the Yankees saga, and I quote from Brian Cashman, I'm not going to tell you he's going to play every game next year because he's not. He is Giancarlo Stanton. He's going to wind up getting hurt again, more likely than not, because it seems to be a part of his game. That may be true. But do you say that when... Giancarlo Stanton's agent is Joel Wolf. And who is Joel Wolf? The agent of Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Giancarlo Stanton responds, saying, It's a good reminder for all free agents considering signing in New York that to play for that team, you have to be made of Teflon. And Teflon, I had to look it up. It is like a bulletproof type metal type thing. Um, he's right. Both of them are right. However, Cashman coming out and saying that helps no one. We went over his comments on, I think last week's episode helps no one. And Hal Steinbrenner even commented on that statement that Brian Cashman made. While I don't condone the cussing, I do like the passion. There are too many false narratives out there about our organization being pushed by uninformed and uninvolved people. It is, needless to say, frustrating. I already went off on them, um, and I do not want to make this another show about them. No. uh, What I will say is they are not in a good spot with free agents currently. I agree. And real quick, I think it's important to to read the whole quote, even after the, the Teflon point, 
and I'm just going to give you the whole quote uninterrupted from Joel Wolf or the statement. I, I read the context of the entire interview. I think it's a good reminder for all free agents considering signing in New York, both foreign and domestic, that to play for that team, you've got to be made of Teflon, both mentally and physically, because you can never let your guard down, even in the offseason. Like it, it got not saltier because he has the right to be salty. It it got more of like a mic drop fu, And I, I think that's really important especially when we talk about posturing. Posturing is something that happens every offseason between front offices and agencies. And the agency just won. Like, players just won. Agents just won. They beat the Yankees this offseason because we got that statement from Brian Cashman. Yep. And that's such a hard thing to admit as a Yankee fan, I'm sure. Because you're going to see a crazy number for a marquee free agent if they do it, if they land a marquee free agent. And you're going to be saying, why did we pay that much? Well, you kind of had to. I thank you for saying that. My original thought, like as soon as that came out, I said to myself, the Yankees are not in a position anymore where if they offer the same contract value as another team that they're going to get them. No. That you are not going to get a ripple. Him. That statement are, creates a ripple. You are going to have to now overpay for these free agents. And I don't want to completely overreact, but at the same time, I do feel this way. And I want your opinion on it. The Yankees are out of the Yoshinobu Yamamoto sweepstakes. I think they're out. Um, think about this because first of all, they're going to have to overpay for a guy like that. In an offseason where they're connected with Juan Soto, Garrett Cole has an opt-out soon. They just signed Carlos Rodon, right? They have a lot of money on the books still. So even the fact of them having to overpay for a guy like Yamamoto probably won't happen, right? Because you, Darvish, called um, Shohei and was talking about the Cubs, right? The West Coast teams always seem to have a leg up on these guys just because they kind of would rather stay on the West Coast. More often than not, it doesn't always happen like that. But Chicago, man. Hold on. Let's watch out for Chicago. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that, like, think about the West Coast teams already have a leg up. Otani Yamamoto, they're hearing good things about Chicago. The New York Mets have all the money in the world so they can overpay and they don't even care. So that's why I'm saying... The Yankees are on the outside looking in already. Then they just buried themselves even more. That's what I'm saying about Chicago. Chicago doesn't have the leg up of the West Coast, but they have all of these guys who have played there who are only saying great things. So they have a leg up over the Yankees and then as do the Mets. So the Yankees, I think Yankee fans take Yamamoto out of your equation for this offseason. When you're on your Google Docs and you're having fun and you're creating the offseason like I do. Take Yamamoto out of it. I really, really do not think he'll be a Yankee. And if he is, it means the Yankees went above and beyond. They paid way more than everybody else, which I do not see happening. And to play devil's advocate, the brand of the Yankees absolutely trumps one individual. We just talked about that last week with, with Rick Renteria and the Cubs. Like, hey, the organization trumps any one individual. That's why we decided to pursue Joe Madden. That was Theo Epstein in 2014. That's the case here. Like, the allure of the New York Yankees is way bigger than Brian Cashman, especially one statement from Brian Cashman. So, no, but like, I doubt he thinks that. 
the Yankee allure is still there. You get to put on the Yankee hat. You see the 27 rings. You see Monument Park. You take the subway to games. It is. I it hope is. it is. The I allure hope. of the Yankees is there. Yankee I fan. Hope. Peter I hope it is. I hope it is. We're going to talk about a pitcher, but first, quick word from our friends at BetterHelp. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We're at the holiday season. Thanksgiving's right around the corner. Then you've got Christmas shopping, Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, all that. New Year's is like a point of stress for me. I do a lot of assessment over the course of a given year. 2022, what did I do? What did I do that was different than 2021? How about 2023? Was it different than 2022? I'm a naturally anxious person that only elevates that level of anxiety. Holiday season's a lot. Consider adding something new and positive to your life that can counteract you know, maybe some of those feelings of dread of the calendar turning or just overall anxiety. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and all the change. Something to look forward to, to make you feel grounded, and to give you the tools to manage absolutely everything going on as we hit the new year. I've really benefited from therapy. I'm not running somebody else's race. I'm running my race. Life's going to work the way that I want to at the pace that it should. And frankly, things are going to figure themselves out. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your unique schedule. All you got to do, fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash JustBaseball today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash JustBaseball. Now back to the show. Brian Cashman down the hatch. Uh, Juan Soto down the hatch. Tyler Glasnow is not expected to be moved, but could be on the move. Miguel or Manuel Margot is is fully on the move, uh, but Tyler Glasnow could very well be. Tyler Glasnow has one year left, I think, just under twenty million or right at twenty million. And uh, MLB trade rumors had it. Obviously, um, Glasnow is a trade candidate. I think this guy immediately becomes the most coveted trade chip more so than cease more so than ah ooh no he's burns not. take it back burns one soto like i don't no, want no, no. pitching sorry pitching. Oh, pitching pitching yeah pitching. no i i would still take burns only because of glasnow's inability to consistently stay on the field but in terms of a pure talent with the way Burns struggled a little bit last year, Glassnow and Burns are in the same category. I would still take Burns overall, though, but I'd rather have Glassnow than Cease. Can I say there's nothing like watching a hot Glassnow? Oh, it's a different beast. 6'8", extension, down your neck with 99, high spin, the curveball from the depths of hell. He is another animal, and it's... It's more than just talent. It's freak ability. You know, it's so funny. I think as soon as he is floated, right, we hear all the reports. You know who would be a perfect team, Jack McMullen? Don't say the The St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. And I think they have all these offensive prospects. They need pitching. They're in on NOLA. They could totally do it. And then I remember they're not going to do shit. They're the Cardinals. So, They'll sure. never do this. I hope they do, right? They'll put in an offer. We'll get plenty of reports. And Cardinals fans, you and I both know this at the depths of our hearts. 
I want him to go to the Cardinals. It'd be a perfect fit. They could totally do it, and they wouldn't even feel it. Okay. But alas, will they? So now let me put you in the metaphorical back seat as we're on I-65 North going from Indianapolis to Chicago. Aram and I had this conversation. Again, St. Louis was the first team that jumped to mind. St. Louis can absolutely It's the same conversation every fucking offseason. Every offseason. But I will say the price for glass now is going to be a bit lower than one may expect because it's at 20 because there's only one year remaining. And to give them credit, they did trade Jordan Montgomery. Right, they traded for Jordan Montgomery, but then they got Harrison Bader, and then they traded Jordan Montgomery again. Yeah. So the, the way that we kind of looked at it is, okay, Glass now could allow them to get a little bit cheaper on the free agent market. So Nola may not be – like <laughs> I, I said to Arm, I was like, realistically, how many starting pitchers does St. Louis need to add? And we both laughed, and three. <laughs> like we, we both said three. Three. And – I kind of settled on internally trading for Glass now, mm-hmm. signing Marcus Stroman, and signing Shota oh. Imanaga, the oh, other Japanese left-hander coming over. You think Stroman would go from Chicago to St. Louis? Oh, do you don't think that guy would buy into like the villain narrative? It's like, oh, they no, didn't pay me, so I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to Big Brother over here. No, that makes sense. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So that was kind of my master plan pitch because I think the combination of Stroman and Imanaga is probably going to be the price of Nola. And if you can add those two while trading for Glass now, that creates somewhat exciting rotation. Is it a World Series winning rotation? I don't think so. But is it a postseason caliber rotation when the Brewers are expected to offload? Probably. So Shoto, how do you say his last name? Shota Imanaga. Shoto Imanaga in 2023 in the MPB went seven and five of the 266 ERA across 159 innings. His age coming up, so he's going to be 30 years old. And uh, Tim Kelly wrote a great article on justbaseball.com, top 25 MLB free agents with a contract prediction. And Tim has Shota going to the Los Angeles Dodgers for five years, $80 million. So across eight seasons, Imanango went 64 and 50 with a 318 ERA, 13 complete games off a thousand innings pitched. You might remember him from the WBC where he started in the championship game and against the United States and pitched really, really well. He's going to be a hot commodity, especially with the teams that miss out on Yoshinobu Yamamoto. They don't want to pay a ton for a guy like Aaron Nola. This guy is going to be very effective, right? And Tim even wrote he wouldn't be surprised if he topped Kodai Senga, right? Because these guys coming over, they have proved it on the world stage in the WBC. They have proved it in the MPB. And the MPB, I would say, is a step above AAA. It's not quite Major League Baseball talent, but it's also better than any minor league affiliate. So a guy with the low threes, and especially in his last season, a mid-twos ERA, you shouldn't expect that same level of performance, but you shouldn't expect a guy who's just going to be a back-end guy, you know, not very good. You should expect a a three- or a four-level type starter. I don't think he's as good as Senga. He's definitely not as good as Yamamoto. And he's definitely not as good as Roki Sasaki, who we will see in a couple of years. 
but he's a very solid starter that will get a similar type contract. And I think he'd be a great fit for the St. Louis Cardinals. I think Tyler Glassman would be a great fit for the St. Louis Cardinals, but because we know the St. Louis Cardinals, let's talk about a couple other teams that we think would trade for Tyler Glassman that have proven to do so in the past. The Los Angeles Dodgers. Yep. That's my second one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just That's always it. the Los Angeles Dodgers. The LA Dodgers need pitching. They need it badly. I thought of a sneaky team. Uh, the Houston Astros. Luis Garcia should be back in May or June. Last year, Verlander. Yeah, but you only get glass now for one year. True, but then you can resign him. Right. I wonder what other starting pitchers they're looking at in the market. Maybe Glass now is kind of their guy. Right. I'm looking at Framber, who struggled. I'm looking at Christian Avier, who definitely turned it up in the playoffs. And I think he could come back next year and be great, but they don't have a huge starting pitching plan. You know, they have Hunter Brown too, but this would really kind of seal the deal, especially because a team in their division just won the World Series. My thing is, um, like who are you displacing or who do you deem like worthy of displacing? Because obviously when you get glass now, you're going to make space. Like I'm not saying that Hunter Brown deserves a starting rotation spot over Tyler glass now, but are you looking at Hunter Brown's turn in the rotation and saying, yeah, we need to fill that and we need to demote Brown. I don't think the Astros are looking at it like that. I don't think Dana Brown would look at Hunter Brown like that. Um, the way I see it, Verlander is going to be your opening day starter just because of optics. Framber Valdez is the two. Javier is the three. On opening day, uh, Brown's going to be the four. Urquidy's going to be the five. And then Garcia comes back. He pushes Urquidy or Brown to a swingman role, and that's your five-man rotation moving forward. So I don't know if there's space for Glass now in Houston. I don't think they need to create space for Glass now. The reason I say the Dodgers is, you know, Kershaw's shooting for what? Mid-season next year? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let's not factor him into the opening day rotation. I think our guy gets the ball opening day. Bueller gets the ball opening day. Agreed. After that, Bobby Miller. Yep. Gonsolin has TJ. Urias Dustin is, May is Dustin May is not back. Arias is definitely not back. Not back. Is gone. Yeah. Um Lance Lynn, they might bring back. Yeah. Okay. So Bueller, Bobby Miller, Lance Lynn. Let's Gavin Stone, Sheehan. Yeah. Pepio, no, the the Dodgers are definitely a better option than the Astros. I was just thinking the Death Star Astros, after seeing a team win in their own division and losing to them, kind of because they didn't have enough pitching. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the offense wasn't great. When you lose, it's kind of a team thing. But I think we saw you know, at the end there when you got J.P. France and others coming in that it didn't really work. That's what I was thinking for them at the time. But I agree, the Dodgers are a better option. I also think that the Braves could be an option, right? Yeah. You got Freed, you got Schreider, and you got Morton towards the tail end of his career. Kyle Wright is still not 100% as well. The Braves could definitely be an option. Um, if the Phillies, they don't re-sign Arenola, there's a hole in their rotation too. And we know Dombrowski. He ain't afraid to make the big move like that. Those are two teams that I thought of. Um, you can continue kind of going down the line, right? We can't count out the Cubs, right? If Stroman goes... I think Glassdown might be that next option, right? And they have a great farm system too, right? They bring in council. This is not a team that's looking at a rebuild right now and looking to keep all of their prospects close to the chest. They could definitely trade one of these guys. So the fact that Soto and Glassdown are now on the market, 
it's not the craziest free agency year. Of course, you got Otani and you got Yamamoto and you got some big stars, but it trails off there at the end. Adding these guys into the fold, we are in for an incredible offseason. One more in division, the Boston Red Sox. I just don't know if the Rays are going to trade within the division. Yeah, I don't think they do. Because they're going to need more from the Red Sox. And I don't know if the Red Sox are willing to then overpay for a guy like Glass now. I think the Red Sox are going to be very in on guys like Montgomery, in on guys like Nola. I think that's where they're going to make their money rather than trading within the division. I thought of them. I just I didn't think they'd trade Glass now within the division when there's going to be so many other suitors outside of it. Yeah. Um, Syracuse down 16 to Colgate at the half. Colgate is really good, but they are Colgate and Syracuse is Syracuse. We're Syracuse uh, alums, by the way. That's why we mentioned. Yeah, I love Red Autry, though. I think this is the start of something awesome. Who cares? Uh, Last thing, unfortunate news. Padres owner Peter Seidler passed away on Tuesday. Um, Darn shame wasn't 70 years old yet. That guy exuded Padres fandom. And every single account that I can read of an interaction with Peter Seidler is overwhelmingly positive. And he was thankful for every single Padres fan. He, as an owner, was ready to literally buy into the San Diego Padres being really good. Fernando Tatis Jr. with $340 million when he was 21 years old, 22 years old. Manny Machado, a $300 million deal, traded, like, okayed trading for Juan Soto. This guy loved his Padres baseball, clearly beloved in the baseball community. And, um, yeah, just just wanted to shout him out because, uh, obviously, really, you know, unfortunate news. But let's celebrate who he was as as a baseball person, baseball fan, and by all accounts, just a, a human being. So unfortunate. Just so horrible. Rest in peace, Peter Seidler. One of the great owners in sports goes beyond baseball, right? Try and find me five of their owners in sports who will do anything to see their team get a win. Will take out loans in order to make payroll. You know, finishes to the stadium, hire all the best people. All he wanted to do was win, and all he wanted to do it for was the fans. And for him to pass away, it's a really, really sad day in baseball. Just incredibly, incredibly sad for a man like that, even off the field. Everything you read about him, just incredibly wonderful. Everybody loved working for him. And then on the field, trying to do anything he can, right? I was at the winter meetings when we were hearing rumblings that the Padres were offering $400 million for Aaron Judge, right? They gave it then to Bogarts. They, they traded for Juan Soto. They're giving extensions to everybody that they have saying, hey, we believe in you. Really sad day in baseball. Really sad day. And I, I think that you, Darvish, probably you know, put it as well as anybody. You, Darvish, a guy that is, you know, played for Peter Seidler's team. You, um, Darvish, tweeted this this afternoon or Tuesday afternoon. My heart hurts with the unfortunate news of Peter Seidler's passing. I'm sure everyone that knew him would agree with me when I say Peter was a truly wonderful human being. And being in his presence was always a blessing. He was a teacher of life and taught me countless lessons from the intera- from all the interactions we had. May his beautiful soul rest in peace. To hear that from a player is beautiful. And that felt honest and genuine from a guy that, you know, we know has a, a crazy high appreciation for people in this game. And, um, yeah, it really, really sad. So 
that's that's what I want to wrap with. Um, obviously, you know, every link you need is in the episode description. And uh, Peter, yeah, one last thing. Um, we didn't really get into all the suitors of Juan Soto yet. We kind of, you know, gave you a short primer on Tyler Glass now. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, we got a big offseason, so there'll be plenty of mock trades. We gave you a little sprinkle. We're going to continue to do so here, covering everything that happens in the MLB offseason here on the Just Baseball Show. If you've enjoyed, hit the like button on YouTube. Why not? Also, please, if you listen to the show, please head over to our YouTube. Our first short-form video, edited by our guy Will Cohen, made by Arm Layton, Broke down everything you need to know. We're going to do a lot of more short-form YouTube videos. People have been asking. We're here to deliver. So go over there. Hit the subscribe button because we got plenty more. Of course, all the podcasts are on there already. And so if you like our YouTube, hit that subscribe button. And on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, if you could leave a five-star review, we'd really, really appreciate it, right? Leave a written review. That's Jack. I'm Peter. Go get your merch in the Just Baseball store, which is in the episode description. And we'll see you on Friday, hopefully with the three of us. We're planning on the three of us, right? I think so. And with that, thank you, everybody. Thank you.